Just a few months ago, Liverpool were pushing for an unprecedented quadruple. They narrowly missed out on Premier League and Champions League glory, but they did win the FA Cup and League Cup. It was a truly remarkable effort, but those Herculean endeavours have clearly taken their toll. This term, Liverpool's title dreams are in tatters. They're out of the League Cup. They have to play their bogey team, Real Madrid, in the Champions League. And in the FA Cup, they visit a Brighton team that's already played them off the park at the Amex. It feels like it could be a pivotal game for Jurgen Klopp's men. I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. My top tipping team has no problem maintaining its consistency, starting with Mark O'Hare. Mark, Liverpool are the favourites here at 2.54. Does that seem a little divorced from reality to you? <laughs> um, I think it's, Liverpool it's, are obviously still a very good team, but yeah. it's not going well. Liverpool's Liverpool's top level is, is obviously superior to Brighton, hence the price. But um, I think it's very difficult to be with them at this moment in time as favourites away at Brighton, FA Cup or, or not, really. Um, I expected more from them last weekend against Chelsea. A pretty drab game, that. Uh, very disappointing. Their performances in both FA Cup games against Wolves were pretty ordinary. Being blown away at Brighton and Brentford in the Premier League on the road recently. Struggled past a, a poor Leicester side at Anfield as well, not so long ago. Yeah, it's not been the best of returns for, for Liverpool after the World Cup break. And I thought that that opportunity to, to sort of recover, reset, um, opportunity, you know, just a bit of a respite really might might prove a, a catalyst for something better um, after the break. But it's, it's not been the case. The defence is still incredibly fragile. Uh, the midfield makeup and balance still looks off. Players look mentally and physically jaded and things aren't really clicking in the final third either and you know there's been injuries of course but um it just doesn't feel uh, like a, a ship that's moving in the right direction right now and I'm quite happy to oppose them as favourites at the MX. Um, we can back Brighton plus a quarter on the exchange at around 1.8, a wager that basically pays out if Brighton avoid defeat. That's really attractive to me but also the 11 to 10 on Brighton to score over one and a half goals stands out because over two and a half goals in the match is trading at 1.65 if we are to see three goals here, Brighton are obviously going to are obviously capable, but obviously should contribute to that total themselves. And and you know, I think most people would possibly want to be siding with Brighton considering the way things have gone. They've scored nineteen goals in six games since the World Cup break. They've scored at least twice in all six of those. As you say, they swallowed Liverpool up at the Amex a fortnight ago. Could even have scored more than three goals. Liverpool barely had a sniff themselves and then they scored twice against Arsenal here as well and I thought they were actually quite competitive despite the scoreline gave away a few sloppy goals in that match but um, did similar away at Leicester Everton and Southampton too obviously the, the dregs of the bottom half in the Premier League but you know go back further to before De Zerbi's time Chelsea were demolished at the Amex as well um, in his first game of course they went to Anfield and scored three times and picked up a point um, and also what, something that really encourages me too is De Zerbi made minimal changes, if any, at all in the last round when they went to Middlesbrough on 5-1. That's a massive positive, I think, when you're you're trying to pre-predict lineups in, in an FA Cup competition. Uh, and look, Liverpool, I'm talking Premier League only, but just one clean sheet on their travels in nine. They've conceded two goals, more in five of six trips to the top half already this season. Brighton absolutely are a top half team. Uh, and I think they can trouble Liverpool this weekend. So two selections for me, Brighton plus a quarter and Brighton to score over one and a half goals. 
Mathematics master and odds compiler Mark Stinchcomb is here. Stinch, that was the bet that stood out to me, actually. Brighton over one and a half team goals because they've scored six goals against Liverpool across two games since Roberto De Zerbi took charge. I know you're concerned, aren't you, about the loss of Leandro Trossard, but there's a hell of a lot of firepower in that team. Yeah, um, like Brighton are fantastic to watch and have been a, a great team to to bet on in, in various markets, particularly, as you mentioned, the, the team goals or, or some of their players that are taking up the, the slack where Trossard dropped off. So the likes of uh, Matoma, Solly March. Um, it's quite quite funny, actually, I thought that the, the most likely player to score, according to the sports book, is the young 18-year-old Brighton striker. He's a shorter price than Mo Salah to score, which I thought what was What a player quite... he is, by the yeah. way. That Evan Ferguson. Amazing. I mean, so exciting. So I don't know if that's the uh, few Irish lads working at... Uh... <laughs> He's pointing the finger at Emmett here. I'll give Emmett his right to reply in a minute. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I've just been. I think Brighton are probably if if you're a, if you're a football watcher or a, or definitely a better. I think Brighton are probably everyone's favorite, second favorite team really because they're just making a lot of money because the market doesn't seem to want to accept the the nature the attacking nature that Deserbi's brought since he took over. I mean, he's had 13 Premier League games. It's been 48 goals. You know, that's over three and a half per game. Um, so for me, like uh, rather than complicate things, especially with the volatility that cup games bring in terms of lineups, etc., I'm just going to back over 2.75 goals around about 1.85. Thought the line would be would be three really, um, so I'm quite happy to get involved. Um, there's been over two and a half goals scored in Brighton's last nine matches. Obviously, the previous game against Liverpool finished three 0 so you get a, a half win there. But there aren't many games Liverpool failed to score and Brighton have kept just two clean sheets themselves. So again, yeah, just not going to worry about which team it is that does contribute to the score sheet and kind of get behind both, essentially. I'm expecting, you know, another kind of sort of basketball sort of match with both teams uh, attacking and, and both teams are better attacking than they are defensively. I mean, you look at Liverpool, third highest expected goals in the league, just behind Arsenal. So nothing really too bad going forward. But then they're conceding the sixth most expected goals, which is <laughs> marginally just behind Leeds. Uh, and then, yeah, it tells you everything that's the problem really within this season. There's been at least three goals in, in 13 of their 19 games. But you look at them away from home, it's actually 10 of 13. So you can see it's away from home. The struggles have been just as bad. Um, and I think the beauty of backing overs is essentially you're not relying on... Um, both teams to contribute. I think either team, as Brighton showed in, beating Liverpool 3-0 are good enough to clear the line themselves. Trader and tipster Emmett O'Keefe is with us. Go on, Emmett. Here's your stage. Tell us how good Evan Ferguson is. Yeah, it's it's very, very exciting. Um, basically, I think as well, if you're a small country like Ireland, it's very hard to produce like seven or eight excellent players. That's just not very unlikely to happen. What's more likely to lift you up as kind of a national team is the one or two really good players that raise the level of the team. So like Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey with, with Wales being an example. I'm not saying he's Evan um, Ferguson is, 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 is on that level at all. He looks great but, though, right? He did, like, it's very early, but he looks great. But like, yeah, I think that the main point is 
not many, there aren't many 18 year olds coming into the Premier League and, 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 and looking totally at home, taking no time to adapt. And even even the header he scored against last score scored last week against Leicester. That's I think that was that that, 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 that was a goal that kind of a really talented player scores. Um, in kind of obviously the the Irish league is not exactly is not a very strong level, but like to show you how kind of highly rated he was. Managers want to give him his debut at, four, at fourteen in the Irish in the kind of in the in the in the Irish league, which is probably or I'd say around kind of league league two standard. But even for for a fourteen year old, be ready for a debut. Even 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 at that standard, shows you how kind of highly rated he's been. It's kind of and just kind of I would echo everything the lads said about this game. If you're kind of backing as well, if you're backing Brighton over one and a half goals, that I, I would expect you to have positive expected value come kickoff, just based on both managers team selections in the last in the in the last round with Brighton Geisley going for kind of a Brighton kind of a full strength team. They have no obviously no, no relegation fears, and they are kind of they're an unlikely top four candidate. So I think there's there's no reason that that Brighton shouldn't take this seriously. Um, and whereas Liverpool played quite under strength team uh, at Wolves, they ended up with a positive result, but Wolves didn't kind of didn't play a full f- f- kind of a first choice team either. So I, I kind of I find it hard to see. Brighton's kind of match price and over one and a half goals price being bigger come kickoff. So yeah, if if if, if you're if you're looking for a bet, that's that's certainly the way I'd look for all all the reasons the the lads have suggested. This football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. To the Bundesliga and Schalke are rock bottom, suffering a humiliating 6-1 home defeat against Leipzig on Tuesday. The take on a Köln team that's had a hell of a start to 2023. They beat Werder Bremen 7-1 and then they were just moments away from winning at Bayern before Joshua Kimmich scored a stunning goal from long range. Stinch, is this going to be the one-way traffic we expect? Well, the market doesn't expect because the market's got cone like only slightly odds on at 19 to 20. So that's that's where I'm heading. Um, Schalke seem to be doing their best to emulate their abysmal 2021 <laughs> season. It's the club's tradition now. It's quite it's quite amusing considering then they lost 24 games. They finished rock bottom with just 16 points and a goal difference of minus 61. We're at the halfway point exactly of the Bundesliga season. And they're once again rock bottom, having lost 12 of 17 and they conceded 41 goals. Their cone sit 10th. Uh, their record v the top 10 reads 1-0, drawn to lost eight. And the defence really is uh, the problem. For, for Schalke, they can see at least two goals in, in nine of the last 10 matches. And you alluded to Cohn since the break. I don't really want to read too much into it, but I was quite impressed with um, a couple of their friendlies they had just before they came back. I think they trounced Hamburg 4-0. Um, and obviously Hamburg uh, going very well in second Bundesliga. And finally, I think, might get back into the Bundesliga this season. Don't say or... it. Don't say it. You'll ruin it. <laughs> I'm waiting for their impending implosion as usual come come March. Um, so yeah, I, I just I thought that uh, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, beating Bremen seven one, and then they they were good against Bayern. They really restricted Bayern to low quality chances. They're very unlucky, and we know how good and how much fun um, Stefan Baumgart is as manager. Um, so I, I'm I'm very I, I really like the price here. I think if um, if Baumgart was in charge, I don't know Freiburg or Union or something like that. 
um, and they were facing Shark. I think they'd be a lot shorter than this this 19 to 20. So I think it's Cone's sort of name. Uh, and yeah, okay, some of their performances and maybe a level of players they have. But I think Baumgart is somebody that is relentless, really, and, and, we'll, and we'll get as much out of them as possible. Um, you look at the previous fixture, or the reverse fixture, sorry, when these two played earlier this season, Cologne beat them 3-1. In a game where they fired in 32 shots, which is kind of the relentlessness I'm sort of coming back to. I know Schalke were down to 10 men for a lot of that game, but once Cohen had the game wrapped up, there wasn't any reason for them to keep attacking, attacking, attacking. And for me, my this is, this is an absolute damning statistic on Schalke, and it's probably my favourite stat of the weekend. They failed to win 62 of the last 67 matches in the Bundesliga, which is just phenomenal, wow. really. So, yeah, I just it was more it's more Schalke to lose than Cone to win, but around evens, I don't think you can go wrong. Massive game in Italy as the runaway leaders Napoli take on Jose Mourinho's Roma. Emmett, there's just no sign at all of Napoli slowing down. You've got Juventus in turmoil. Neither Inter nor Milan seem to be able to get their act together at the moment. This is there for Napoli, isn't it? Yeah, the only thing that can probably take them down is that uh, investigation to the inflating inflating the transfer values, the Victor Osman transfer. But just some, I've been doing a bit of reading on that because we're kind of uh, for for our own pricing. Um, and it seemed like that investigation is not likely to be finished until for another six months. So I think Napoli might get a point deduction for next year, but I think their fans would happily take that given them. Um, Given, given the likelihood of, of, of kind of landing a title this year. Yeah, they'll be um, kicking that can as far down the road as they possibly absolutely. can. Absolutely. I, I, I really hope so. Yeah, I think, I think uh, everyone in Italy can get behind Juventus getting the brunt of the punishment and then and, and maybe <laughs> let, letting Napoli off lightly. Um, I, I think as well, it's interesting from Napoli's kind of Champions League prospects. Like, unbelievable. If, if, you could, if you'd say to them, they could potentially get Serie A wrapped up and kind of and really focus the latter stages of the of the of the Champions League. I think I think that would I think you potentially have a, have a chance for a really magical season for Napoli. In terms of the just in terms of this game, I think the the goal score markets are are, are interesting here. And just you because you've the two players with the best expected goals numbers in um, in Serie A, in Tabri Abraham and Victor Osman. Obviously, Osman has been, been outstanding this season. I, I, I kind of talked about massively last week. I did. I, I kind of. I didn't say he's necessarily better than Erling Haaland, but he was just more. It's Victor. I think Victor Osman's best game is better. Is is, is better than anybody's. Any any striker in world football at the moment. It's a bit like Cristiano Ronaldo on a week to week basis was better than Phenomenal Ronaldo. But I think the Brazilian Ronaldo's best game was better than Cristiano could kind of produce. And just on, and I, I think on Tammy Abraham's interesting in that. He before Christmas he was he was missing chances for fun and kind yeah. of he was kind of underperforming his expected goals because that's massively but in kind of in what looks a really kind of a good Roma unit I have to say since since the World Cup break he's he he, he scored a couple of goals already and he's kind of three point six to score any time in the sports book that looks fair but if you I think you'd probably get over four point oh in the exchange of looking to back him any time. But I think like for kind of a, a nice punch to Sunday evening, Abraham and Osman both to score is is in in around fifteen to two for Bet Builder. I think that looks that looks small a, a small bit of value, which which should be an entertaining game. And I would expect just given how I think Rome will look probably the second best second best team in Serie A. I think that they'll, they'll keep this competitive. It'll be maybe if Napoli win, it might be kind of a two one or a three two type of game. 
Stitch, it's a funny old situation with Roma because the allegation that's been made against them in recent seasons is that they're flat-track bullies. When it comes to the big games, they don't quite get there. And we saw that in the reverse fixture, didn't we? Because they were kind of competitive. Ossiemen, I think, scored a brilliant winner. And then they couldn't quite get there. So that's the next hurdle for Jose Mourinho, isn't it? I'm not sure it's a hurdle he's willing to entertain, though. I think that might be the issue here. I mean, <clears throat> you look at the fact that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, recently uh, Roma's games have been very low scoring. I think um, six of the last seven have been under 2.5. And you think in big games under sort of a long-term Mourinho, typical fashion, they, they'll sit back and, and you know, hope to nick something on the break. And you look at the previous meeting in October, which Napoli won 1-0, you know, Roma limits and, Napoli to to less than one expected goal in the whole game, but they gave up sixty percent possession and managed just six shots themselves. So I think the match is going to play out in a in a similar fashion. So ultimately, I think he wants to be with the better team and the side that will be on the on the front foot. I mean, you know, Napoli have won. We we all know how well they're playing, but they've won fourteen of their last fifteen matches. You talk about flat trap bullies. Napoli are the bully. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. You know, and they're scoring for fun. They've scored at least two goals in seven of the, the last eight matches. And there's nothing to suggest there's anything that's going to let that up. I really like the fact they've got so many options in that sort of front three area that even if things aren't working out for the first three or they give the first three, you know, 65, go hard to that 65 rather than, you know, um, leaving, not leaving it all out there for over 90 minutes and then bring, bring in other players on. I think that's the key, Stinch. I think you've nailed it right there because if you've got a situation where Ossiemen bashes you all over the shop, Kvadatskeli is doing his thing out wide. And as a defender, if you think you've seen them off for 65, 70 minutes and you've got Raspadori and Simeone and Lozano maybe ready to come on, I mean, that's a nightmare for a defender. Yeah, and then I just think on top of that, I really like the fact that, you know, Mario Rui and Di Lorenzo get really far forward to create yeah. overloads. And that just simply isn't something that Mourinho does anymore or in big matches. So, yeah, I think you want to be with the better team, which is Napoli. And I think you want to be the team that will be on the front foot, which is Napoli. And I think Napoli, you know, around about 1.8, very happy to back that, given the way I think the game will play out. Serie A, one of the leagues we have a weekly com column on, by the way, on our website, betting.betfair.com. Weekly columns on the Bundesliga, Liga, uh, Serie A and La Liga as well. Big game in Spain on Sunday. The champions Real Madrid face inform Real Sociedad. Mark, what drew you to this one? Well, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Same time as Napoli-Roma, really, so double screening required because, uh, yeah, I think this is, could be quite quite good fun, actually. Expect, expecting entertainment, expecting goals and just surprised for both teams to score as backable on the exchange at 1.95. Feels a very big price. Um, considering it's already won in 13 of Real Madrid's 17 La Liga matches this season, that's 74%, and all seven of their matches at the Bernabeu as well. So, yeah, surprised we're getting close to even money on a repeat, considering how good Sociedad are. Um, obviously, both sides are being involved in Copa del Rey. Quarterfinal ties, tough ties too. Sociedad got the extra day rest, but they had to play away at Barcelona on Wednesday night. They lost 1-0, red card in the first half. That was only the third time they failed to score this season across the league and the cup. But they also created three big chances, uh, really hit the woodwork as well, really could and should 
has scored at the Camp Nou. Madrid obviously play Thursday night against City rivals Atletico, so no travel involved. But obviously you've got the the quick turnaround, the mental, potential, physical fatigue of playing a big tie as well. But yeah, just staying on Real Madrid, they've managed only four clean sheets in La Liga all season, none of which have arrived at home. And three of the four that did arrive away from home came against the bottom five. Um, now they won 2-0 at Athletic last weekend. That is the kind of standout of their clean sheets, but they conceded 18 shots in that game. 13 came from inside the penalty area as well. So far from watertight in Bilbao, but Madrid at home, they've scored in every game anyway. They've scored twice or more in 13 occasions in La Liga. Obviously playing at home, you expect them to score regardless of the opposition, despite Sociedad being quite a defensive or a strong defensive team themselves. Um, They're sat in third in the table, which is no fluke. If you look at the underlying metrics, they say they are the third best team in Spain. This season, they've scored an eight of nine away. They've managed two goals or more in five of those nine away games as well. Um, and yeah, they're just buzzing right now. They've got so many options. They've won four games from four since the break. They've scored two goals in each of those in La Liga. Alexander Sorlot in, in wonderful form up front. Kubo, David Silva, Bryce Mendes, all contributing. Uh, Oirazabal, I can never get his name correct, um, is back from long-term injury. No, you were nearly uh, there. Go on, do it again. <laughs> Mikel or <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. Oh, you're under pressure now. Oirazabal. There we go. There we go. Um, can never get that right. But uh, yeah, you know, um, they've got so many options going forward. Uh, they can make a real game of this. And they've actually scored, so see Dad, in 11 of the last 12 away games against Real Madrid, which is a remarkable record for a team who aren't traditionally a top four team. So, and 10 of those 12 trips to Real Madrid, obviously, haven't always been playing at the Bernabeu. But 10 of those 12 trips across all competitions have ended in both teams to score winners as well. So it's all stacking up here. Yet both teams to score is 1.95. I think that's a, a really attractive price. Yeah, Real Sociedad's uh, brilliant over the last few years. And their coach, Imanol, is a fan of the club as well. He was asked uh, about Martin Zubimendi, who's been uh, linked with Arsenal and Barcelona. And there was a reporter who said to him, do you think Zubimendi could cope with playing for a big club? And Imanol smiled and looked back at him and said, my friend, he already plays for a big club. Uh, Emmett, you've got a game from Spain as well. Yeah, it's um, kind of much... Much like Mark, I think I'd take you on the team that are playing in the playing a derby match on a Thursday night. So um, Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid are playing in the Copa del Rey on on Thursday night, and kind of for Atletico Madrid having to turn around and playing a Sunday afternoon against Osasuna is kind of a difficult a, a difficult spot for them. I feel um, I think you, maybe you might not get their best effort, or or Simeone might might have to rotate the team. Either way, they come up against an Osasuna team who've the third best home record in 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 La Liga. They're actually they're, they're playing very well at the moment. They're seventh in Spain. They kind of outperformed their season expectations. So just given the given the reps advantage and how well Osasuna are playing, I thought Osasuna would be shorter than three point seven five, three point eight in the exchange. Um, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd to, to play it safe. I'd back Osasuna probably plus 0.25 on the Asian handicap or draw no bet at kind of 263s. I think with uh, Atletico Madrid, the draw, draw is always a huge runner there. And we'll finish with a Sunday spectacular in Germany. Bayer Leverkusen face Dortmund. Mark, same drill usually for this one. Goals, 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 isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, big game this. Obviously, Leverkusen resurgent, um, been quite entertaining as well. 
but they're playing a Dortmund side who seems to be living on the edge of another crisis week by week and you know stoppage time goal from Reiner uh, on Wednesday night against Mainz to, to win that match pushed right to the end by Augsburg at home last week in a, a ding-dong battle 4-3 but um, yeah Leverkusen looking really good they were before the break under Xabi Alonso and, and have returned in good form as well so I think it's five wins on the spin now either side of the break and uh, the scoring goals um, back-to-back wins since the break beating Gladbach 3-2 last weekend then obviously did uh, did it against Bochum at home minimal of fuss really doing that but uh, you know it's great to see someone like Florian Wirtz back to, to full fitness and yes, back involved absolutely uh, provide so much more to that attack as well um, and anyway yeah you're right this match tends to produce goals tend to be quite explosive affairs they did play each other at the start of the season the first game on the opening day I was on goals it was a really dull 1-0 win for Dortmund but actually if you look at the last 12 meetings uh, you're getting an average goals per game average of uh, 4.83 uh, that's including that 1-0 win uh, in that sequence we've had 10 from 12 overs winners 9 from 12 going over 3.5 and, and 9 from 12 obliging for BTTS backers as well. Um, so yeah, I'm expecting at least three goals, expecting both teams to oblige in this match. So we can get over two and three quarters on the exchange at a backable price, which really is quite surprising. It's 1.75. The line has been set at three. I was expecting it to be three and a quarter at best. Um, so yeah, backing over two and three quarters makes perfect amount of sense. We make money if there's at least three goals in the game, a full payout if there's four or more. Um, last season, when the, the top four teams play each other, Dortmund, Leverkusen, Bayern and Leipzig, it was goal crazy. Um, the 12 matches between the top four averaged 4.5 goals, 10 of 12 went overs, 9 of 12 went over 3.5 and, and 11 saw both teams scoring as well. So very similar to when Leverkusen and Dortmund play head-to-head themselves in the Bundesliga. Um, things haven't been quite as explosive this season between those four teams, but if you look at each team individually, Leverkusen have seen seven of nine against the top 10 go over, and Dortmund have seen eight of 11 against teams outside of the bottom six go over as well. So looking forward to this. I think both teams like to play forward-thinking football. General lack of confidence in either team defensively as well. <laughs> yeah, um, just a bit. <laughs> just um, just the fact that Leverkusen are really resurgent right now, looking good, and I think they'll target this match as a, a real statement victory too. But Dortmund, away from home, never trustworthy either. So expect them to get on the score sheet at least. But yeah, over two and three quarters, backable price in, in Leverkusen Dortmund. Didn't think I'd see the day. If you dropped Borussia Dortmund into the goal-hungry league that is Scottish League 2, that defence would have <laughs> an absolute nightmare. Now, that's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of excellent preview content on our website, betting.betfair.com. We've got some great podcasts in the Betfair family as well. A couple of racing podcasts, the Wade In podcast and Racing Only Better. And as the NFL playoffs continue, well worth checking out NFL only better as well from Stinch from Emmett from Mark and from me it's goodbye for now more or in big matches so yeah I think you want to be with the better team which is Napoli and I think you want to be the team that will be on the front foot which is Napoli and I think Napoli you know around about 1.8 very happy to back that given the way I think the game will play out well, yeah, 